to Light Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, author of the number one bestseller, Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, A Holistic Approach. And I have a free gift for everyone on the call today, in case you don't already have it. It's called my Light Warrior Empowerment Package. You can just go to lightwarriorsupport.com, and you'll receive my very popular clearing and protection spray formula, as well as the first six chapters of my book, and a whole bunch of classes on wellness, health, and uh, law of attraction. So today, I'm so excited because my uh, friend, Dr. Erin Kinney, is a naturopathic doctor, and our topic for today is trusting the body's wisdom to overcome fatigue. Listen, learn, and love yourself. I have gone through fatigue myself, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, and uh, Dr. Kinney is an adrenal fatigue expert. I know there's a lot of folks that are on my mailing list, that are on my Light Warrior Network, that are um, here right on the show uh, that have gone through severe fatigue. Uh, It's so, so common among us, very, very sensitive types um, to go through adrenal fatigue. And so I'm so excited to learn about her body wisdom method. So let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Kitty before we keep going here and introduce her. Uh, introduce her to you. So um, Dr. Kinney helps women with adrenal fatigue uh, balance their stress hormones, improve their mood, increase their energy. A lot of her patients also suffer from anxiety, feeling overwhelmed, depressed, insomnia, thyroid disorders, constipation, gas bloating, weight gain, joint pain, and more. Yep, I can put my hand up for most of those I've gone through. Uh, She's extremely passionate about teaching women how to reconnect with the wisdom of their bodies. Boy, I could have used her about, you know, 15 years ago. Um, And she helps people use this wisdom to help rebalance and restore their innate healing abilities. Um, So her background is a Bachelor of Arts from Vanderbilt University and is a summa cum laude graduate of the University of Bridgeport College of Naturopathic Medicine. And she is uh, past president of the Maryland Naturopathic Doctors Association, active member of the American Association of Naturopathic Physicians, uh, passionate about spreading the awareness about natural medicine and uh, she's an active gal and I I love that about her. We were in Fiji together uh, several weeks ago uh, enjoying um, our retreat and learning about uh, all sorts of really really cool things and manifesting and all that kind of stuff. Um, So she does you know traveling and uh, yoga and she has a family. Uh, She's got two little beautiful little girls and uh, who like my Claren Protection Spray video by the way (laughs) which I think is really cute. so she's worked with hundreds and hundreds of patients understanding their symptoms. And uh, so I'm so, so thrilled to uh, invite Dr. Kinney to the show today. We'll call her Dr. Erin today. Uh, hi, Erin. Hello, hello. Hi, Karen. Hi. Thank you so hi. much for having me. I'm so pleased to be here. Oh, yeah. We're and excited that you're here. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, you want me to tell kind of my background and my story? For my- That's perfect. Yeah, and I just want listeners right. to know that uh, we're going to be opening up the phone lines a little later. So if you do have a question for Dr. Aaron, you can call in at 818-514-1190 and just hit one so we know your hand's up. Again, 818-514-1190. So if you're struggling with fatigue, things like that, um, go ahead and uh, you know call in. And if you are online, you can just you know, t- chat me a message or a question for Dr. Kinney, and then she can also answer that. Yeah, so, um, yeah, go ahead and, and tell us, how did you get into this line of work in the first yeah. place? Yeah, well, so this, you know, whole adrenal fatigue, chronic fatigue is really near and dear to my, my own heart because I went through this. I, during college and undergrad, I was, I was, I have always been a very active person, but I was at the time, very, very active. I was a marathon runner and I was running 50 to 60 miles a week. I was, you know, getting good grades. I was doing, doing a whole bunch of things and also dealing with some emotional stuff from some stuff as a child. And, and I had become a vegan at the time as well. And I felt pretty good for the first year or two as a vegan. And then it was like, all of a sudden, my body just said no. I gained about 30 pounds. I had joint pain. I had constipation. I couldn't get out of bed. I was crying all the time. I'd gone from, you know, being able to run 50 miles a week to I could barely walk a half a mile, you know, to the end of my driveway. And, and, you know, I was in my early twenties and my parents were like, you're clearly depressed. Go see a doctor. And I was like, oh, I, don't, I don't really know. So I went, I went to go see my general practitioner, and he just goes, oh, yeah, you're depressed, and hands me a prescription for Wellbutrin. And I said, really? That's, that's it? You're just going to give this to me? You're not going to ask me any more questions? He's like, college, early 20 thing, totally normal. Go take this. And 
And I just, I was a little skeptical. So I called another family member who is a, a GP and I said, should I do this? And she goes, well, first of all, you probably shouldn't take Wellbutrin. You know, one of our other family members had, had a seizure after taking that. She goes, maybe you should go the therapy route first before you go to medication. And I said, that feels better to me. So I went and met with a therapist, wonderful woman, and I kind of told her my, my story and how, you know, I'd become this vegan and I thought I was eating really healthy. And she goes, you know, it sounds to me like there's some sort of nutritional imbalance. And I just had lunch with this natural doctor who moved to town and maybe you should go see him. So I went and met with him and he was a naturopathic doctor and he listened to my whole case and spent about two hours with me and yeah, at the end, he's like, you've got severe adrenal fatigue. He ran a bunch of labs and looked at my cortisol and my B12 and my neurotransmitters and everything was out of whack. I wasn't feeding my body enough protein. You know, I'd been under physical stress. I'd been under, under emotional stress. And so, you know, he started using different, you know, replenishing different nutrients, having me eat more protein. And um, I continued in therapy, dealing with the emotional stuff. And, and within, you know, three months, I was feeling almost 80 to 90% better and I had lost weight and my joints weren't hurting. And I was like, Holy cow, this is amazing. So about a year later, I ended up going back to, I'd always been interested in medicine, but had given up, given up pre-med, you know, around the second year of college when most people do. And I went back to him and I said, I want to do this. You helped me feel so much better. I want to do this for other people. Mm. And um, so, yeah, that he helped me figure out how to, you know, how to go back to school and, um, that's kind of been my niche ever since is helping, you know, women that have kind of overdone it and their bodies have just been like, no, listen to me. I can't do this anymore. And so, yeah, that's, that's, that's my little story. Wow. Um, oh, that's yeah. amazing. Well, and the funny thing is looking at you now, I would never have, if I didn't know you, I would never have guessed that you yeah. you went through this. I can't, I can't even imagine you like 30 pounds heavier. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> I'm about five feet tall. I'm pretty short. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and because when I first met you, and I think, you know, I told you this in Fiji, you know, my first thought was, wow, this is a beautiful blonde, you know, doctor, amazing, you know, and, and I, you know, I might, like if I were to judge you, I w- you know, I would say, wow, she's got it, you know, totally you know, together, and I, I would never have guessed all the other stuff. And there's some other stuff you told me through, you know, through through school that was difficult. And it's uh, yeah, it's amazing to see somebody come through to the other side and then help other people. So yay! Yeah, well, you know, it's kind of, <laughs> I was so I was so amazed at this journey that I'd gone through, and it was so profound for me. And I, you know, I kind of felt like I was like, wow, this is my calling. I was meant to go through that. And then I was meant to help mm-hmm. others, you know, go, because the truth is you can, you know, you can recover from chronic fatigue. As you know, you can recover from adrenal fatigue. You just really have to learn. And this is why I really like this body wisdom method that you have to learn to listen to yourself and listen to your body. Your body is always trying to tell you with these little, little cues. And at first it kind of whispers at thing, whispers, you know, with a little pain or a little something. And we usually tend to ignore it and oh we'll deal with that later or we just or sometimes we don't even know if we're not in tune with our bodies um and the longer that you ignore it the more the body will you know raise the raise its voice and eventually your body will be screaming at you which mine was you know when I hit that low point my body was like stop running feed me (laughs) like rest you need to rest and I just kept you know not listening to it and um so, so yeah, I really think, you know, you, you can, again, I stress this, you can recover from, um, you know, fatigue. Uh, you just really have to, have to take a step back and, and listen, listen to your body. Well, one, one of the reasons we have, you know, people like you on the show is that a lot of people go to their conventional doctor when they're fatigued. And if they're lucky, maybe they'll do a thyroid panel or something. Yeah. And maybe not yeah. all the thyroid labs we'd like, but um, uh, and then they'd be like, "Oh, your TSH is normal. Um, yeah, you're depressed, you know." And then they give them a bunch yep. of drugs, or they send them somebody else who gives them a bunch of drugs, and then people don't feel better, and it's so frustrating. Oh, yeah. And I had to go through yeah. it myself to also, you know, like you um, understand, hey, there, there's more than just Zoloft. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. When well, I, you know, it's funny, I look back on. On my experience, I didn't even my my GP didn't even run labs on me. He just said, "Oh, you're depressed. You just you just need well oh, wow. Looking back now, I'm like, I would never. I would I would always run thyroid labs. But I will say, a lot of my patients come in on thyroid medication. They were kind of told they had a thyroid oh, problem, really? and they were put on medication, and they 
you know, and they still feel horrible. They still have joint yep. pain. They still can't yep. lose weight. They still have constipation. And so they're presenting like they have a thyroid condition. And, you know, and, and oftentimes I find that they're actually, they've been over-medicated on thyroid medication. And a lot of my patients, I get them off of thyroid medication when I start to, you know, kind of help them listen to their body and we kind of start to treat their adrenals. I find that the adrenals, you know, are really the root cause for a lot of, thyroid sex hormone issues um and i've had at least 10 patients in the last two months where i've gotten completely off of their thyroid medication if you would have asked them six months ago if that would ever have been the case they would have been like oh no i'm going to be on this for life but now they're you know they're they feel great and they don't have to take thyroid medication it's really cool wow that is cool and that that uh, that was a mistake that i made when i first started you know venturing into i guess what we call functional medicine uh, because I would mm-hmm. read these really cool books, and they were, you know, and they were a little dated, but they was like, you know, people just need a little bit of thyroid hormone, a little armor thyroid, and I'm like, okay, you know, these people are getting such great results. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so I'm looking at these labs, going, okay, yeah, maybe we'll give you, you know, uh, 30 milligrams or whatever of armor thyroid, and people didn't get better, and I was like, what? Yeah. You know, I don't get it. And then later on, like you said. It was because, you know, they're intimately connected, the thyroid, the adrenals, you know, everything is connected to everything. So I was giving them something that was going to try to rev their metabolism up when they didn't have the adrenal foundation to do it. And so they could get worse. And I quickly stopped doing that. (laughs) I just like lost. I I did that when I was first in practice too. You know, that was kind of the thing. Like, oh, if the TSH is, you know, if it's around three, just give them a little baby dose and, Maybe yeah. one out of ten people would feel better if they actually had a thyroid issue. But, you know, I always explain to my patients that you're, if, you, if you think about your adrenals like an energy, like a bank account, like an energy bank account, yep. and, you know, every time you sleep at night, you're putting in a deposit. And so I use the, you know, example, let's say you need to have about $100 in your bank account to, to get through the day. So you should, when you sleep eight hours, you deposit $100, and then you're able to spend that $100 of energy. If you sleep four hours and then you wake up and you drink a cup of coffee, you know, you maybe only deposited $50, well, that coffee allows you to take out a line of credit and go, you know, go into negative into your bank account or, or take out a credit <laughs> card, right? So, and the more you drink coffee and the more you don't nap or you push yourself through and you don't sleep or, you know, I've got a lot of patients, you know, a lot of moms that are put on um, ADHD medication, basically just so they can stay awake, you know, their stimulants. And, oh, geez, and those really? literally, they... They let you, yeah. They let you go into into energy debt, or moms that take their kids ADHD medication because they're so tired. Um, you know, and they feel good at first. They're like, oh, I've got all this energy, I can do everything. But then, you know, when you when you finally like you, the credit card says, up, oh, so sorry, you know, you've reached your limit, you can't go anymore, and you finally got to pay back that debt. You know, people get really tired. Um, mm. And so the same sort of thing can. My point about this is the same sort of thing can happen with thyroid if you're not. If you're not getting enough sleep or you're not getting enough rest or your adrenals are not, you know, making, you're not making deposits into that adrenal bank account, the thyroid can actually act just the same way as a cup of coffee and kind of push and allow you to take out a line of credit. Um, it's usually a good analogy that I find people can understand pretty well. Um, we I all love know, it. Everyone knows about bank accounts and credit cards and that stuff. Yeah. Um, I use a similar analogy, but I like, you know, I like what you said about line of credit. Like, I didn't use that term, and if yes. you don't mind, I'm going to use that term now because I was oh, talking about the energy yeah, battery a bank one, account. Yeah. It's a wonderful, yeah. uh, a wonderful analogy. It makes so much sense. And, and, I, and I don't know about you, but I definitely get resistance when I share with people. They're like, oh, I've done everything, da, da, da. And then I, you know, what's your energy level? Oh, it's 8 out of 10. And I'd be like, okay, is that with or without caffeine? And then they pause. Yeah. And they don't want me to say you need to stop, you know, your caffeine. So do yeah. you get resistance yeah. with that? Well, you know, I, I usually I say to my patients, I say, you know, I'm I'm fine with caffeine as long as you're sleep as long as you're resting, as long as you're sleeping at night, as long as you're making that deposit into your bank account. Does that make sense? So if they're not resting and they're burning the candle from both ends, I say, you know, we've, we've got to give up the caffeine that you're only, you know, this is allowing you to run on fumes. Um, but you know, and some people, I have them cut out caffeine for the first couple months as we're rebuilding things, and then once they stabilize a little bit and they're getting good sleep, and they're, then we can add it back in. You know, some people love their coffee, and they're not going to, they don't want to give it up, but I think that it's okay to drink caffeine, like I said, as long as you are 
replenishing that bank account every night or, or rest, you know, resting during the day or doing the things you need to do to rebuild. If you're using the caffeine because you didn't sleep, then that's the problem. Mm. Well, and then t- talking about sleep, I know, you know, sleep is very, very important. So when you evaluate your patient's sleep, you know, mm-hmm. what uh, what's considered good sleep? Like what's the quality, quantity, like what, what's, what's optimal? So, I mean, this varies from patient to patient, but I, ideally, you know, I, I think that the best, the best quality sleep is going to bed, you know, at least two hours before midnight, so around 10 p.m. and waking up, you know, around 6, p, 6 a.m. If that's, if that's doable, that is the best eight hours of sleep you can get. There's something really magical about those hours before midnight. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, you actually get better quality sleep sleeping from 10 to 6 than you would from 12 to 8 or um, even though it's the same amount of time. Um, but the, the biggest thing that I hear is either people have trouble falling asleep or they're waking up around 3 a.m. and wide awake and they can't fall back asleep. And that's usually, or between, you know, 1 and 4 a.m., that's usually your adrenals. It's your cortisol is usually peaking too soon and it's kind of waking you up. Um, and that's just a sign that there's, like, dysfunction in your circadian rhythm. Um, so what was it that you asked me? I think I went off, off track. Oh, yeah, like quality yeah, and sleep. Oh, so quality. That... Yeah, so, I mean, you know, you want to you wanna wake up feeling refreshed. Like, you want to naturally wake up and feel good. And if that's the case, you're probably getting good quality sleep. If you're waking up and you feel exhausted, um, like mm. you can't get out of bed and you want to hit the snooze button four or five times, then something's probably off in your sleep. Um, you know, and some of the things that, you know, obviously everyday stress can interrupt your sleep, but if you're fighting, you know, if someone's dealing with chronic fatigue and there's an underlying infection, oftentimes that can disrupt the sleep a lot because our immune system is so much more active at night. So if you're someone that has trouble falling asleep or you're waking up a lot, you might want to look for, you know, a low-lying infection like Epstein-Barr or chronic or cytomegalovirus. Some of those can really um, can really disrupt the sleep, and I find if we get rid of those, patient's sleep tends to get a lot better, um, which I think Ooh. is really interesting. Oh, that is interesting. But And then there's also the ones that, and I was one of these, that um, when not medicated with uh, antidepressants, um, <laughs> I would mm. sleep for 14 yeah. hours. Like if you let me sleep, I would tired. I would fall asleep, and I would, yeah, and I would wake up exhausted. And I'm like, well, gee, I had mm. a really so-called good sleep, you know, of 12 yeah. hours, but I'm still exhausted. Yeah. Well, and sometimes, you know, I, I you know, don't know that all the details of your case, but sometimes I see that, like, as someone is starting to pay back that debt, they're sleeping mm-hmm. hours and hours because they're literally, like, you're just paying back your energy debt. You were going, going, going for so many years, and there was so much right. stress, and you took out such a, you know, a line of credit that when you do start to sleep well, your body's like, no, 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 I need, I need a lot of sleep. I got a lot of debt to pay back. So I see that that's what I think when I start working with, yeah, when I, and you know, and sometimes it depends on how long you were burning the candle from both ends, how long you were, you know, withdrawing money without putting deposits in. If it was three months, you know, it might not take that long, to, but if it was 10 years, you know, you might be in that phase of, oh my gosh, I sleep for 14 hours and I feel like I could keep sleeping for a little while. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, I mean, cause and, it sounds like you and, were getting good quality sleep. You just need more of it. Well, and the other thing, too, is I was um, building a house, which is very stressful, of course, and I was uh, sleeping in the basement of my neighbor's uh, place. They had a basement apartment, and so everything was kind of crammed into one bedroom, Uh, Mm. and then what was interesting is I had this light that had a, a transformer. Um, that helped to make it glow, helped me wake up in the morning because I'm I'm really deep sleeper. And unfortunately, I, I was on this uh, futon, like literally on the floor, and this transformer was about three inches from my head. So I slept with oh, this wow. transformer radiating me. Oh, my God. And uh, so oh. my decline oh, was very rapid, although I had years and years, uh. and years and years and years and years and years of stress. But it seemed rapid, and I think that partly, yeah. basically, I took a huger oh, line sure. of credit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was draining you. You weren't able to, you, even though you were sleeping, you weren't actually making a deposit. That was probably just pulling right. your energy. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. That was that was that was big. I'm so happy that. I have good sleep now. It's like I'm so like grateful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The sleep is you know, so you good. Also come back and have you know energy and sleep well and. So it is, it's, it's pretty amazing. I know a lot of my patients come in and they're like, I know I'm never going to get better. And they kind of have this mindset that they're oh, no. going to feel this way forever. 
and or that or that you know maybe they'll feel a little bit better but they know they'll never get back to you know feeling fully vibrant i'm like get that out of your head you can totally get back to feeling fully vibrant Oh, I know. I love that about right? you because uh, what the doctor thinks really has a huge impact on the patient. And so, you know, if they oh, go to yeah. a conventional doctor and they kind of poo-poo them or they just kind of go, well, this is, this is aging or this is just how it is, mm-hmm. you know, and then they have this belief system that oh, yeah. they can't get better. That's so harmful. Yeah, it is. It's definitely harmful, um, you know, because this is one of my – I was doing it interviewed on a podcast last week and we kind of got into talking about this. This is one of my favorite recent things that I learned about, about genetics and DNA. I, um, I do a lot of genetic work in my practice looking at like MTHFR and um, which is a gene which has to do with how you process folate and folic acid. And, um, and that kind of led to me doing some other research. And, but I came across this really interesting um, study and it was kind of sort of down the line based off of Dr. Emoto's work. Are you familiar with Dr. Emoto? Mm. Karen, I'm sure you are. Yeah, I love, For I love that. Um, if you want to Google Dr. Emoto and water, he um, would take pictures of water in its, like, molecular form after he'd say, he would say something to the water. He'd say the word love, and the, the crystal, you know, the molecular picture would be beautiful, perfectly symmetrical, and, you know, you can Google the pictures. And then he would take another glass of water, and he would say hate, or I will kill you, and it's it's hor- it's ugly, it's not symmetrical, it's um, so really kind of crazy, like your thought or your, and sometimes he would just think that, he wouldn't even say it, it will actually affect how water crystallizes um, or arranges itself. And so someone kind of took that idea and they were like, well, what happens, when, what happens to our DNA when we have different thoughts or we say different words? And the thing you need to know about DNA is it, when it's in its tightly wound up in your chromosomes in every cell, the first thing that has to happen in order for the body to read it is that the DNA has to get unwound and then it has to get unzipped so the body can get to the code. And, you know, your body uses this genetic code every single minute to make proteins, enzymes, to make anything that it has to do, it's got to read your genetic code. And what this research found was that when you put the DNA under stress or said any sort of negative word or negative emotion, your DNA would actually coil tighter and it would make it almost impossible for the body to unwind it. And on the flip side, when you say positive, loving things to the DNA, it literally unwinds itself. And it's like, oh, here, take whatever you need. And so I learned that, wow, that is, that is the most powerful, that is the most powerful thing I can, I can know as a physician and I can teach to my patients. Because if you know that your positive emotions and your positive thoughts and your positive words literally affect your DNA, like in an instant, you know, it's so important to think positively all the time, right? Um, and if your negative thoughts literally are affecting your DNA in a bad way, we want to get rid of all negative thoughts, um, especially when we're dealing with, you know, metabolism and energy. You know, you, you have to read your DNA in order to make enzymes, proteins, anything that, mm-hmm. that gets your metabolism going. If you're not able to read your DNA, then, you know, you're not going to have energy at all. Um, so, you know, having a positive mindset and saying positive, loving things, even to yourself, is so important. Um, and it literally affects your DNA, which I just think is so cool. I think it's totally, totally cool. And uh, to have an, uh, you know, a doctor, like what I call an authority figure, people uh, defer a lot to the authority figures, even if they don't mm-hmm. think they do. And there's some studies, mm-hmm. you know, backing that up as well. So to have someone on your team, your you know, healthcare team who believes in you, like in other words, I learned oh, that yeah. I had to believe uh, even if the patient didn't believe. You know, I yeah. I had to see them well. I had to see them better. I had to see them happy because they would tap into mm-hmm. whatever my belief was, and that was really yeah. important. So um, let's talk a little bit about um, – you talked about how you had been, you know, uh, running and, um, you know, a lot of people we, – we actually just had the Ironman here in Lake Placid yesterday. Um, oh, and wow. People, yeah, people assume that these athletes are healthy and um, there's a lot of other, you know, people that treat iron people, and I, I don't think particularly doing an Ironman is healthy, but it doesn't mean people no. shouldn't do it because that's their love. You know, they, they want to, yeah. they want oh, to yeah. overcome this obstacle. I think it's awesome. Um, yeah. But uh, you were vegan and you were running, so yes. you said you had to stop running uh, and rest, I which running. I think a lot yeah. of people don't want to do. Mm-hmm. They don't want to stop so, their activity. Well, and, yeah. 
and this, this sometimes is a tricky point when I'm working, you know, they come in and they're, they're tired, but they're still pushing themselves to do cardio for an hour every day or, um, and by no means do you need to stop exercising, but sometimes you need to adjust your exercise schedule while you're healing um, and while you're, you know, bringing, bringing that energy bank up to a positive um, or, you know, above positive. So, you know, when you're running or when you're doing cardio, you, you're putting your body into fight or flight, which is, you know, you're putting your body into stress, which sometimes is a great thing. But I think if, you, if you're living 90% of your life in what we call parasympathetic, the rest and digest, relaxed, then by all means you should be exercising every day to kind of get that sympathetic, get that fight or flight going. But if you're living like most of us do, 90% of your life in that fight or flight stress, I'm always on the go, I'm go, 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 exercise shouldn't be that for you. You should, you should be doing something exercise-wise that actually calms you down. So something like yoga or Tai Chi or Qigong, or, you know, Tai Chi and Qigong both like help build your energy up. And I really love yoga because it teaches your body how to be, you know, you're, you're using your limbs, you're holding fight or flight pose, but you're still breathing. So it's teaching your body how to be calm yet active. Um, and so there are, you know, I think a lot of times when people I don't necessarily want them to give up an active lifestyle, but sometimes it just needs to be adjusted while you're kind of overcoming things. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I I do feel like there's a little bit of, uh, I don't want to see if this is the right term, but there's a little bit of uh, addictive nature sometimes. I've had people Mm -hmm. with adrenal fatigue, and when they're exercising, Mm -hmm. they feel good. When they don't exercise, they feel bad because they crash. And I was trying to explain to them that they're trying to, like, rev up, like, take more, you know, um, line of credit or whatever out of their bank account so they feel good in the moment, and then they crash. So it's a tough sell sometimes for me to get them to shift their exercise habits. Yeah, well, and that's one that I usually am able to, like, when someone's like that, I'm like, listen, I really get it because I've been there. And I even, you know, yeah. I was an exercise, I mean, in college, and I, I stopped exercising for a little while when I first went through stuff, but after I had each baby, I was like, oh, my gosh, i got to lose this weight again, and I, I ran a half marathon after each baby. I almost killed myself during the second one because, you know, I, was, I, was, I, had, no, I had no energy, and I, my, I would come home from my training runs, and I couldn't move, and my husband was like, this has got to stop, like, no more running. <laughs> so now I think it's been about, I haven't run in two years. Uh, that's not true. I've run twice in two years. And each time I ran, a, I tried to run a mile. And the next day I would have a migraine. My body was like, hell no, this is not, <laughs> running is not for you. And, but the interesting thing is that I've, I've you know, I'm, I really do, I do a lot of yoga now. And I feel like I'm in great shape, at, if even better shape than I was when I was running a lot. So, um, and it doesn't take up as much time. I have all these other, you know, things. Right. So, there, you just kind of have to get, you have to see what it looks like um, to not exercise. I have one patient um, who I just, I started working with her a couple months ago, and she was an, she's been a, like a, she was a collegiate athlete, you know, she was always exercising, always exercising, and she came in with severe adrenal fatigue, and she was working out for, I don't know, an hour and a half every day doing cardio, and, and she was so frustrated because she couldn't lose her baby weight, and I had her, I was like, why don't we just back off a little bit on the exercise? Let's, you know, cut down to like half an hour a day. And she came back in and she goes, you know what? I did an experiment. She's like, I didn't exercise at all for two weeks. And she's like, I feel amazing. And she'd actually lost 10 pounds, not exercising. Oh my God. And she felt great. She had more energy. And, you know, she's like, I listened to what you said and it seemed like I just needed to take a break. I was like, you, that's exactly right. So Sometimes. You oh, know, wow. Um, that is a great story. A Thank break, you for sharing that. You're welcome. Yeah. And I, I've heard that, I know I've seen that before with patients, you know, that they, the over-exercising, I mean, that puts a lot of stress on your thyroid when you're overdoing it. Um, and so that can lower your metabolism. And just what we were talking about with the DNA, you know, sometimes all that physical stress will cause your DNA to be like, oh my gosh, no, like I'm going to, I'm going to clamp down. I'm going to turn, I'm going to shut mm. the metabolism down. Which, you know, and if you relax and you rest and you, you know, just feel good, sometimes that can actually turn it back on. It seems so counterintuitive, but, um, but it can really be beneficial when you're, you know, in that adrenal fatigue place. Mm. Well, and then um, uh, I think a lot of people feel like if they're gaining weight, they need to exercise more. And even yes. in your own personal experience, you ended up with a 30-pound weight gain. Can, can you explain why that happens? Yeah. So, I mean, I, 
this is one of those things that I think that um, it, it's partially what I was just saying, that, you know, all that fight or flight stress, it puts stress on the thyroid. So your metabolism will literally shut down. And, you know, and, you, and when you're cutting calories and you're exercising a lot, it puts the body almost into like a famine type of situation where everything you put in, the body's like, this might be the only calorie I get. I'm going to keep it. I'm not going to extend it. I'm not going to use it. And so I think that can often happen. I think also, you know, I was, I was dealing with a lot of emotional stuff and I find that there can be, when you're dealing with emotional stuff, the body often holds on to physical weight until you, you, you deal with it. Right. Um, I'm sure you've seen that in some of your patients. Um, and so what was the original question you asked me? You're asking about, Oh, the weight, but I find it's, it's a strange thing that when, you know, when people are over exercising, they tend to sometimes gain weight when their hormones mm. are off and when they're in adrenal fatigue and when they slow down and they stop exercising or even just cut it back, then the weight loss will happen. Hmm. Yeah, that that is pretty amazing stuff. It, and and from the whole, you know, excess, uh, you know, too much cortisol, and you know, when we're, I mean, yeah. and I mean, the good part is is that they can. Sometimes I'll do some labs, and and the I'll say, well, the, I said, well, the good news is that you can make a cortisol spike. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The bad news is, is that's not where I want it. You know. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, <laughs> 10 p.m. at night well, is not where we that, want that spike. <laughs> Yeah. One of the things that I think we sometimes forget about high cortisol is that one of its roles is it actually, one of its jobs is to dump blood sugar or sugar into the blood. It tells the liver to break down glycogen because if you, Mm, if you hadn't been eating and let's say a bear comes and chases you and you need that blood sugar, you know, you always have a store of it in your liver. So cortisol tells your body to keep your blood sugar high. So if you're constantly you know, running and all these things, you can actually put yourself into kind of an insulin type resistance state, you know, even though you're exercising and you're cutting calories. And um, I find, you know, a lot of my patients that have undergone or are currently in under really high stress, their hemoglobin A1C will be through the roof and they don't eat any sugar. And it's really curious. Wow. To me. Like, yeah, they have a totally sugar-free diet. Um, and then they have these, you know, hemoglobin A1C is a three month average of your fasting blood sugar. Um, and I have a couple of pilots that I treat and a couple of cops. And I recently learned that, that, you know, the cops get their hemoglobin A1Cs checked every three months just on screen. Their reference ranges are so much higher, I think, because they, hmm. so, you know, the normal reference range is if you're above 5.6, I believe they kind of tag you as prediabetes. Cops are allowed to have hemoglobin A1Cs up until, up until about eight in the state of Maryland, which, you know, no you, way. typically if you see a he- Oh, yeah, and pilots are allowed to have a hemoglobin A1C of 12. Like, what? that's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. I have, I, saw, I have three friends that are pilots, and they get this checked all the time, and they're like, yeah, we don't worry about it. Because the thing about a pilot is, oh you know, God. when they're doing, like, overseas flights, they have to be on in fight or flight all the time. If they're flying constantly, you know, that cortisol is telling the blood sugar to be elevated. Um, and so, you know, these two pilots that I treat, they don't eat any, you know, they take extremely good care of themselves. They don't eat any sugar, and their hemoglobin A1C is always, like, around 10 or 11. It's, cra- it's crazy. Oh so we're doing a lot of stress wow. reduction method techniques. And, wow. Um, yeah, they, they need the energy enhancer patches. Like, <laughs> well, they totally do. Yeah, they to- actually, you know, that's a good, I might think about that for them. <laughs> um, so totally crazy. Well, what if, what? What about the whole? Um, you, you said you had to uh, eat more protein. So if you were vegan, yes. uh, could you eat I more uh, beans or more whatever, like to get more protein? Well, so I had I learned also at the time that I I am blood type O, and um, hmm. and then I, when I, when I went to naturopathic school, I ended up studying under Dr. Diadamo, who wrote the blood type diet, and you know in his diet, blood type O's do not do well on a vegan diet. They really need animal protein and turned out to be very true for me. Um, I tried to increase my, you know, vegan protein and it just, it just wasn't, it wasn't enough. My B12 levels were extremely low. My iron was really low. Um, I, my body was not doing a very good job of extracting the protein from those vegan sources, which is pretty common for type O's. Blood type A's um, tend to do the best um, in my experience on a vegan or vegetarian diet. They have, they, their bodies are kind of designed to break down um, starches and legumes, and they've got more um, 
pancreatic enzymes that break down carbohydrates, whereas blood type O's actually have more hydrochloric acid in their stomach, so they're better at breaking down protein. You know, when you eat a steak, type O's are really good at breaking it down. Um, it's pretty interesting. And type O's are also really good at, at breaking down dietary cholesterol. So for a type O, actually eating red meat, as long as it's organic and not fed bad stuff, can actually boost your metabolism and help you lose weight and lower your cholesterol, which is kind of backwards. Opposite for type A's is, you know, shouldn't eat red meat. And, um, but so that was kind of, in my case, why the vegan diet was, was really, really not good. And I started eating meat, and, like, I think that was what made such a big difference. My energy level got so much better. And, um, but like I said, I think if I had been, if I was a different blood type, it may have been a different case. Mm, you might have been definitely more more tolerant of it. I know in Chinese medicine, yes. uh, if someone has you know severe kidney deficiency, we call uh, similar to adrenal fatigue. We would say yes. red meat. You know. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I think it's really interesting that uh, you know Weston A. Price, a dentist that looked at all over the world in these native cultures in the 30s about mm-hmm. you know who were the healthiest. Uh, of course, people that would process eating processed food within one generation, their dentition was awful, and they had chronic diseases and depression. But he said he was disappointed that he didn't find a vegan society that was really healthy and fertile. Like he really was looking for that. Yeah. So there's some ancestral things that... um, Something, yeah. I mean, I think we do need... We do need... A, a decent amount of protein, but we, you know, we also need, you know, the benefits of a vegan diet are so many, you know, plants and antioxidants. And, but I, I think I, I, you know, I have a lot of colleagues that say, Oh no, we should all be vegans. And I really disagree with them. I think that maybe if we all like sat and meditated all day long and that was all we did, a vegan diet would be okay. But most yeah. Of us, that, that, yeah. Know, that's that's what I say. And, and yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Need, I think they're, they're I w- I'm a wannabe vegan. <laughs> yes. Like, I'm a no. I'm a blood type O as well, and I do yeah. best, you know, if I have the occasional steak or whatever. And, and I tried, you know, doing more vegetarian, vegan, and my blood sugar was just like up, down, up, down, up, down. Yeah. Uh, and I tried adding yeah. more fat, but then I was really hungry, and I hadn't been hungry when I was doing the paleo diet. So I'm like, okay, right now my body isn't responding well yeah. to try, my trying to be vegan. So. Yeah, and you know, and and some people, it depends on where you are. Like maybe ten years from now, you could go vegan for a year, and your body would be okay, right? Um, and sometimes, if I lived you know, in I Fiji, that, yes, if you lived exactly, <laughs> if you lived in Fiji and you had no stress, I think vegan would be would be great. And sometimes going vegan for a month, or I say, you know, have tell patients that come in as vegetarians, and I tell them like you really need to eat meat. So you know, three days a week, eat vegetarian. The other two days, you know, we're going to have to have a little animal protein until we get your, right. you know, all your levels of things back up. But um, so it's kind of about, I think the diet's all about kind of finding the right balance for you, um, and listening to what your body needs at, you know, each each different stage of your life. Um, so how do we listen to our yeah. body? Like, what is the body wisdom? So I've got this little process that you know, I have, uh, and I kind of teach it to my patients, I'll have them, you know, anytime you get a symptom, let's say, for example, you get a really bad headache, you, I have them get a, get a little, like a body journal, um, a body language journal, and, you know, you write the date and the time and headache, and just write a, write a couple of reasons why you think you might have it, like, it's kind of like, I, I, I like body has its own language that it's trying to speak to you with, and we have to learn what it is. Um, and so it, it might take a little while to figure out what, what each symptom means for you. And it might be different, you know, when I get a headache, it might mean something different than if you get a headache, right? So you write down, okay, I have a headache, you know, maybe write down, ask yourself a question, did I, did I drink enough water? Did I, so you spend a couple minutes, like, postulating why you might have this headache. And then you're going to, like, acknowledge the headache, and I have my patients say, you're going to love it anyways. You're going to love your headache because your body's trying to tell you, hey, you didn't drink enough water or you haven't eaten lunch or you really need to lay down. Like, you want to be grateful and thankful that your body is telling you how to go about, you know, how to go about your day, how to, how to do what you need to do. And then you want to just let it go. You don't want to spend too much time thinking about the headache because what I find is when people get really attached to their symptoms, it almost makes them – 
stay a little bit longer. So it's this little, like you jot it down, you love it anyway, and then you let it go. So it's a little process, and you can use it for every symptom. You, you know, spend a couple minutes thinking about it, then literally be really grateful for it um, and say to your body, thank you so much for telling me, you know, whatever it is you're telling me, and then, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let this symptom go. And oftentimes when you do that, the symptom will go away. I kind of explain it as like if you're someone that has children or a dog, you know, if your, your child or your dog is trying to get your attention, you know, they will bug you and they will keep saying like, oh, my gosh, me, feed me, feed me. You know, a dog will keep barking until you turn around to it and you're like, okay, what can I do for you? How can I help you? Like, what's going on, right? You just acknowledge them. And then usually they'll stop barking and the child will, you know, be quiet and go do what they're doing. And the body is like that too. It's like it'll keep getting a headache until you're just like, oh, okay, I have a headache. Maybe it's because I didn't drink enough water or maybe it's because I didn't do this you acknowledge it, you're grateful for it. And like I said, oftentimes my patients will tell me, yeah, you know, I did that and I haven't been getting headaches anymore because they're listening to what they're, you know, they're doing what they should have been doing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, that, that, I think this is, uh, although, you know, summarize it really quickly, uh, a very powerful process. And uh, I was just talking to uh, one of my VIP members about this is because we tend to uh there's several of us in the in the group that starseed type people uh that tend to swell very easily when there's an ascension event mm. um and it's not mm-hmm. necessarily a not necessarily a hormone or anything wrong per se but it's yeah. a process that our that's what our bodies do and so mm-hmm. and for us it, you know there's that you know thought of okay you know is this something we can shift or change or whatever like that but what i was sharing and and one of the vip actually shared this to another vip was like hey you know what that you know we don't have to get upset you know at this yeah at this happening um and so if we can learn to love everything which i know is tough when you have a symptom i think what you've you know, touched yeah. on is really, really key to acknowledge it and then to love it and then just kind of let it go. And that can make a tremendous mm-hmm. uh, difference uh, in our lives, that shift in perception. Oh, yeah. And and where you're loving it, you know, back to what I was talking about with the DNA, you know, where you're literally, you're, you're affect when you love your your body and you love your symptom or whatever it is going on, you're actually going to affect the DNA that, you know, that was probably a little bit out of whack or off that was causing the symptom. Um, and so there is, you know, just that simple act of being like, wow, I'm really grateful or I love this. It's actually going, it's, there's scientific evidence that shows that that's going to affect that symptom mm. and hopefully make it not come back, which I think, you know, is, is really cool. And I've, I've seen a lot of really good results with just this really simple little method. So do you have like a, a recorded meditation on this or is that something you teach one-on-one um, with your patients? or do you I group usually stuff? teach one-on-one or in some of my programs. Um, so, And it's literally just a little journal. I have people get a journal. Um, and it takes practice, you know, so you'll have to practice, you know, okay, I've got a symptom. I need to, I need to think about it. I need to love it. Um, so usually when I'm working with one, people one-on-one, we'll go over, you know, have them bring in their journal, and we'll kind of go over the, each process that they went through and how it felt and, um and like mm. learning a language, you know, it takes a little while, right, to figure out what um, what each symptom may mean. And in your case, what you're sharing with your VIPs, you know, that the swelling, you know that that means something good is about to happen, right, that there's an ascension or event or something, something good coming. Um, and so, you know, maybe like, like really loving it may, you know, help your body kind of tone down. Okay, we don't necessarily need to react this way to <laughs> But it's almost your body's trying to tell you that's what's happening, right? Yeah. So it's kind of a cool yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. The world's healing. <laughs> Let me swell you. No. Yeah, the world's healing. I mean, like, and yeah, you get yeah. to know that right away, right? I mean, uh, that's true. Really we cool. know it before everybody else does. That is true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So we got some folks on the line here. And uh, if you want to ask a question, um, you know, your personal question, even of your own, you know, what's going on with you, uh, ask Dr. Kinney the number to call in, 818-514-1190. And just hit one on your keypad so you know your hand's up. Uh, Also, I've got the chat. So if you want to write in a question uh, as well, you can write that in. Um, One of the things I wanted to uh, uh, ask you, Erin, was about your, you know, I think you're launching a program soon, right, uh, on the body wisdom method. Am, so just yeah. curious if you could yeah. share a little bit about what that's about. Well, so I'm launching a program, um, and it's 
it's actually, it's a little different than the body was a method. It's about learning how to reset your stress response, which we didn't touch much on today, but um, it kind of teaches your body how to not react to stressful situations with a stress response, to just be non-reactive. Um, and so that's kind of what the program is all about, like teaching your, teaching your body to, um, so teaching your body to not react like a stress response. Um, and we use a lot of the methods from the body was a method in that program. And it's called the stress reset program. Um, I should have some more information on my website or on my Facebook page, um, in the next upcoming weeks. Um, and yeah, so if you want to follow me on Facebook, I'm Dr. Kinney, N-D, N as in Nancy, and I'm always posting stuff and doing live videos and would love to have you come come watch them and interact and join some of my groups. It would be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for, for folks that are on Facebook, um, it's uh, the hand, Facebook handle is Dr. D-R, Kinney, K-I-N-N-E-Y, N-D, which stands for Naturopathic Doctor. So you can find uh, Dr. Erin Kinney on Facebook. And then also the website is kincare.com, and that's K-I-N-C-A-R-E.com, and that's you and your husband, who's a chiropractor, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, and so do you do, cool. do you do one-on-ones at all? Like do you do remote uh, consultations or I do, you know, I do, like that? Yeah, I do still do remote one-on-ones. Um, so I work with a lot of people you know, a lot of people out of state, um, via Skype or, um, and yeah, and then have a few programs and happy to, you know, happy to answer any questions. I usually will do a little free consult if someone's interested and has questions about, um, how, how it works and how I can help them and make sure they're a good fit. Right. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, and there's certainly a lot of people out there that really resonate with, you know, I really want to, you know, know my labs. I really want to know what my thyroid's doing, what my adrenals are doing. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, they're they're motivated to make shifts in their diet. They're just not sure what to do, um, and uh, or what to do for their stress or have some sort of strategies. Now, you know, the some some of the yeah. stuff I do, do is a little bit too esoteric for them. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, and then they're like, so, you know, like, uh, what supplements should I take? And I'm like, you know, I'm not really into supplements, you know. <laughs> you, you probably want to go to somebody else for that if you're interested in supplements. So it kind of depends, you know, where people are at, how, you know, there's many yeah, different ways, yeah. you know, back to source. So, oh, there are um, many different I think ways, it's, yeah. Yeah, I think it's wonderful that um, they, they can connect with you and maybe do that, uh, you know, get to know you call and see if, you know, what you do yeah. and, um, you know, whether you're a good fit. So that's that's fantastic. Um, so I'm just going to say your Facebook handle again. So if you go to facebook.com, uh, it's forward slash Dr. Kinney, N-D, so D-R-K-I-N-N-E-Y, N as in Nancy, and then D. And then the website is kincare.com, and you'll see pictures of uh, the lovely Dr. Erin Kinney and her husband uh, on there, and uh, I love I love your, fi- your I love your website, your pictures. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, they're they're nice and warm and yeah. Uh, we were talking about pictures earlier in Fiji, guys. So that's why. Yeah. <laughs> um, we do have a question here. Uh, let me just uh, I'm going to unmute you um so again if you're calling in you just hit one on your dial pad so this one is area code 479 just say your first name hello hi this is this is michelle hey michelle Hi, doctor. how are you doing this is an excellent call i have a question i am a type o um ironically mm-hmm. um and i've had thyroid issues for 30 years and i mm-hmm. had um a surge, I had adrenal fatigue. I think I still do. But I have <laughs> all over body ache and I cannot get rid of um, the all over body ache. Got it. But um when was your surgery? Um, three years ago. Three years ago? And what type of surgery? It was back surgery you said? Knee surgery. Oh, knee surgery, okay. Um and you have all over body ache. Especially and arms you had and legs. Done recently? I haven't yet. Um, I I actually go to a, my endocrinologist again um, in a week. Gotcha. And I was going to ask um, him about that. <clears throat> so, yeah, you said you're taking thyroid medication? I have for 30 years, 
And honestly, I don't okay. think it does a darn thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of the symptoms of, you know, you mentioned that you might still be in adrenal fatigue. Sometimes adrenal fatigue presents just as body aches. Um, and that's usually you're at the point where your, your adrenals are just like, I cannot make cortisol right now. You know, cortisol is not necessarily a bad thing. You know, it is when it gets too high, but the body uses cortisol to, you know, to help with pain and with inflammation. And so if there's not enough of it or your body's using the cortisol to do something else, often we'll, we'll feel achy. We'll feel like we've got joint pain or there's, you know, there's just kind of random pain. And it's because, you know, probably your, you know, so your cortisol and your sex hormones are very, the body will kind of shift things back and forth. It can easily change cortisol into progesterone and progesterone back into cortisol. And so, you know, I don't, I don't know where you are hormonally, but sometimes, you know, when you're starting to go through menopause and your hormones are changing, um, Mm-hmm. one of the symptoms can be, you know, just body aches. And it's literally because your body doesn't have enough cortisol resource to go and use that to kind of mitigate that inflammation and that that, that pain. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I get that. Yeah. Okay. So I would, you know, ask, ask them to check your AM cortisol. Um, I usually just run it as a screener. It's not always telling, um, you know, but the other thing you can do is there are labs that will do a four-point cortisol test. So it's the saliva test, and it'll show your cortisol throughout the yeah. day, and it'll kind of give you a snapshot right. of where what your circadian rhythms look like. And we can tell, like, is your cortisol flatlining? Is it high at night? Is it? Um, and that can be a really good indicator of kind of what what's going on with your adrenals. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate your help. I'm so glad you help. called in, Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> Good to hear your voices, ladies. <laughs> Have a good day. Thanks, Michelle. Have Thank a good you. one. Good. I think uh, that, that four-point cortisol can be extremely uh, helpful, especially for someone with Michelle's story. And uh, thank you, oh, right on the money yeah. on that one. Yeah. Now, we yeah. have another caller here, um, area code 702. So let me unmute you. Hello. Who's this? 702, area code. You have your hand up. Oh, we can't hear you. Uh, nope. Is your mute on? <laughs> that happens sometimes. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Okay. Shoot, we can't hear you. Okay. So, well, we'll uh, just in case, well, actually, we'll leave that open just in case uh, for whatever reason. Um, maybe they stepped away from the phone. I don't know. Um, so are there any particular labs, Aaron, that, Dr. Aaron, that you generally – prescribe for people that first come see you or does it just depend on their symptoms? It depends on their symptoms, but I, you know, I usually always run a full thyroid panel, which includes TSH, T4, T3, free, free T4, free T3, reverse T3, thyroid antibodies. And then I'll, I will always do an AM cortisol through, you know, LabCorp, which insurance will cover. And I'll check hemoglobin A1C and iron and a lot of other nutrients like B12 and magnesium and, um, and in some cases, we'll do some genetic testing if I think that's um, that's kind of one of the underlying things. And, yeah, and if, if we're kind of unsure of what the cortisol picture looks like, I will definitely order a four-point cortisol through saliva. Those are typically not covered by insurance. It depends on your insurance plan. Um, they usually run around $75 to $150 and can be, can be really beneficial to um, kind of see, see what the, as I said, the circadian rhythm looks like. Okay. Well, the uh, the funny thing you were in, um, mentioning uh, magnesium in New York State mm-hmm. uh, here, we are not allowed to do uh, cellular magnesium. Like, there's a red cell test for magnesium. There's probably other tests too that oh, I may not be not. aware of, but no. Oh. So we uh, we do serum magnesium, which is great if you're in the ICU, almost dying, but. <laughs> Yeah. For everyone else with total body magnesium deficiency, that serum magnesium is going to probably look normal. So, um, yeah. the magnesium yeah, you're talking the about RBC is RBC magnesium is, is yeah, I usually okay. run the RBC magnesium. Um, oh, that's a bummer that you can't do that in New York. New York's got so many crazy rules with labs and stuff. Oh, they do. Um, crazy, crazy rules. We can't do yeah. certain stool tests. Like, there's certain like an, like antibody tests like for autoimmunity that we we're only allowed to do like the regular you know, thyroid ones, but there's like, you can't do anti-adrenals, you can't do 
Yeah, because I've asked these uh, labs, you know, from these books and these workshops that I've been taking, and I said, hey, can, can, can you give me some kits? And they're like, oh, sorry, you're in New York State. We we can't do something can't in New York. Yeah. Oh, no. such but a we can do all the rest. Um, we just can't do the red cell magnesium. Yeah, yeah. About. I mean, there usually yeah. are other ways of, you know, if you if you can't do the testing, you know, there's lots of old, like, clinical ways that you can tell, you know, if things are low. I mean, most – I find that most of my patients with adrenal fatigue need magnesium. Even if their RBC yeah, magnesium too. shows up normal, I still give it to them because, you know, magnesium is used for every single cellular process as a cofactor, and it's depleted by so many medications, by stress, by so many different things. And so it's probably one of the, I think it's the nutrients I use the most um, just for calming the whole nervous system down. Um, and, and the other great way, you know, if you don't like taking pills is, Epsom salts, you know, are a great way to get magnesium. I'm, I make all my patients take Epsom salt baths at least three times a week. Um, well, the bath and, itself is just so relaxing. Or exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, they could yeah. definitely use that. Uh, I use some topical yeah. um, magnesium uh, as well. Magnesium oh, yeah, cream and yeah. Gel. Do you, um, is there one that you so like? I do. Uh, there's one uh, called Ancient Minerals. Um, the company oh, I believe yep, I is now called something else, <laughs> but um, yeah. So ancient minerals is because it's like pure magnesium chloride. The body doesn't have to yeah. process uh, process it, and then it goes right through the skin. Although some people do find it a little itchy to start with, yeah, so the cream is a little right. bit the cream better. Yeah. Well, just less less potent. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, no. I when I first started, they you know they said, oh, you can spray as long as you don't shave at your underarm. You know, for guys, they can spray under their underarms a couple of sprays, and that doesn't seem to bother them. But uh, if it's in the in the summer, it can get kind of tacky when you're sweaty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That would, yeah. That would be a little tricky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, okay, so I guess we are other caller here. Uh, well, I guess left. So, <laughs> so in case uh, we have a couple minutes left, in case you have any last-minute questions for Dr. Kinney, the number to call in is 818-514-1190. Hit one so we know that your hand's up. Again, it's 818-514-1190. Uh, although we can't diagnose you over the phone, I think, um, you know, Michelle that, that called uh, earlier and raised her hand had some pretty valuable um, information that she got. And also if you're on the chat, uh, you can also put your question in the chat as well. Um, but uh, Dr. Aaron, is you have any, you know, last words, summaries, things that you want to make sure, you know, people understand as far as the body wisdom well, method, think, as far as listening to their body? Yeah. I, well, I think, you know, it's really just that. It's just try to listen to your body. Just try to slow down, and which is, often is the, the biggest challenge when you're someone that's dealing with adrenal fatigue because usually you're, you're in that place because you've been – going, going, going too quickly. So the first step usually is to slow down a little bit and really just try to listen um, and try that little method, you know, write, write down your symptoms, think about them for a few minutes, love them, and then try to let them go um, and see what, see what happens when you start doing that. See if there's any subtle shifts that happen in your body. Um, and, you know, and do, I think it's, it's really, sometimes it can be really tricky to try to build into your life, you know, a stress um, relieving activity, but if you can build in five minutes of deep breathing or just five minutes of some of my patients, I just tell them, you just need to be horizontal for five minutes a day. Cause you know, they're up and they're running around <laughs> and, um, and you know, if their blood pressure's up, I'm like, just go lay down for five minutes. You can be on your phone, you can be doing whatever, but just get horizontal for a few minutes in the middle of the day. Um, you know, just, and start slow. Cause sometimes it's, you know, we, I think a lot of us with adrenal fatigue tend to like to go big or go home, but that usually is why we ended up in the adrenal fatigue place That's to right. begin with. So start with little baby steps, you know, start, you know, maybe add in, like I said, five minutes of laying down or maybe a five minute mini meditation or um, do the little exercise of writing down your symptoms for a few, you know, a few minutes a day. And um, yeah. And just when, when, when you get a baby step added into your routine, it'll be easier to, to keep it there. Right. And you won't, do something mm-hmm, for a week mm-hmm. and then forget about it. And um, so that's usually a lot of the work yes, that so. I do with my patients is figuring out what baby steps we can make to make real lasting changes. Yeah, like everyone is slightly different and, and everyone resonates slightly different for certain things. Some things work better for one person than the other, and that's why it's 
awesome when they connect with you or if they, you know, are in your programs, you give them kind of like this uh, smorgasbord of, you know, hey, these are, you know, all the different things. And then you can partner with them and figure out, like, what's, what's best for them. Uh, and I think that's yeah. super, super valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Aaron, so much for being You're on welcome. the show today. I had a blast. And, Thank uh, you for having me. It was so fun. Yeah, so fun, uh, girlfriend. <laughs> I can't wait till we're back together again. Uh, and also, yeah, for, for all San the Diego. Listeners, great. Yeah, San Diego. We're gonna we're gonna be there together. So in September. Yeah. Uh, so uh, in case uh, you, you know, um, in, in case you know what we talked about today interests you, just check out Dr. Kinney's website at kingcare.com, and or check uh, check out uh, her Facebook page as well and like it. Uh, if you like what you heard today. So thanks all again to Dr. Aaron Kinney and all the listeners for today's show. Thank you so much. Bye, guys. Lots of love. Bye. Bye. Bye.